Are we recording? Is this thing on? Yes, it is. Welcome to RevOps 500, where we invite the world's top marketers to answer the tough questions facing growing organizations. Ooh, sounds important. I'm Sajil Qureshi. And I'm Gil Bates. Join us as we dive deep into the world of RevOps. We'll be learning strategies and expertise from first-hand experience. RevOps 500 is sponsored by Computan. They provide technical and development expertise to growth-focused marketing. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Sajil Qureshi here with another episode of uh, RevOps 500, where we interview the latest and greatest RevOps marketing experts in the world. Today, I can't tell you how excited I am. Uh, we have a HubSpot expert, a cross-cultural branding strategist. Uh, he's a marketing leader in science and technology. Uh, he's always been focused on improving bottom line performance and uh, delivering of results. He's uh, an incredibly passionate storyteller if you ever get a chance to talk to him. Right now, he's the head of marketing at Cargo Publishers and he's a senior advisor at Global Marketing Ventures. Mattia Linz, welcome to RevOps 500. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're, uh, you're very welcome. So anyways, let's, let's just jump right into it. So Mattia, in your view, what is one RevOps myth that you can, you can share with us today? Well, I, I not only I have one, I have two for you. Um, oh, well. So let's start with, with, with the first one. I think if you define RevOps, as the integration of sales, marketing, customer service, which is to provide a better end-to-end -end solutions for customers. I think the first one is just by renaming departments and workflows, you don't break down silos, right? Um, so it's incredibly important that you really break down barriers, align cross-functional teams and restructure workflows along the value chain. And in practice, I've experienced how hard that is, right? And it's it's something that you know has has different has had different names before. It's, it's in the context of growth hacking. It's important to really, really enable cross-functional teams break down silos um, with almost with a minimum of ego and a maximum of transparency and communications. And that's when you're really going to see impact of teams really working together. Whether you call that RevOps or not is, is perhaps semantics, right? And uh, so that's, in my experience, that's been really, really important, breaking down silence and creating a cross-functional team environment if you want to have an impact. So, so, so let's, talk, let's talk a bit more about the silos part of it. Right. Now, you know, we hear that term a lot used to you know, all reduce the customer friction and break down the silos. What exactly is an example of a silo that you would say RevOps would have to break down? Well, sales and marketing doing their own thing uh, in their own departments, in their own groups. Most importantly, not communicating to each other how they communicate to the customer. How they how they really put the customer in the center, and and that's that lack of transparency is what what silos are all about. And I see it so often, even in small companies. I've worked in startups. You would think that everybody is is aligned, and you have a small team, and everybody everybody is works with each other. But in reality, silos even exist there, and it's all about transparency transparency and communication. And here's the second myth for you. Um, RevOps alone won't drive customer centricity. And huh. because I think becoming a truly customer centric requires change in mindset, most of all, right? 
And it's, it's, that's the other thing that's important, important, really putting your customer front and center in your thinking, um, the readiness to put a single focus on customer value and going above and beyond and meeting customer requirements, making this almost a religion. And I, I'm really saying it that way. It really has to be the priority about everything else. And if you do that as an organization, everything will fall into place. A lot of other things will automatically fall into place. And that's, that's really the most important thing. And if you can do that in, in a RevOps environment, that's helpful, of course. You know, integration and alignment of teams are helpful. But it's th what's truly going to help you change and build a customer-centric organization is a mindset change. There's an example for that. You've, you've said it in your, in your intro. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of PubSpot. I love to use it across the board for marketing automation and CRM. Um, and, you know, take the case of HubSpot as a company. What they have done is they have been had a single focus on the customer and have to, to that day. And they've sort of really rolled it out across their departments. Everything they do is focused on customer. And you can feel it if you interact with them, if you talk to them, if you experience, if you have touch points with them, you feel the difference. And that is what is most important. Um, and that's, that's what, what's really important uh, in terms of being customer-centric. And I believe being customer-centric is, is an important part of, of revenue operations. So you talk about you know, the touch points. You talk about you know, RevOps being almost like a religion, a school of thought. Yeah. You know, it's more like a well, customer-centricity. I mean... There is, if, if we define customer centricity as a big sure. part of RevOps, then yes. So, you know, let, let's talk about what that looks like technically. We talk right. about HubSpot and the touch points, whatever. What does that look like, you know, in, a, in, a, in your organization? Right. So we've taken a number of steps to, to really achieve customer centricity at Carger. And for, a view, for your viewers who don't know it, just a, just a quick introduction. Carger is a medical publisher. We publish um, about 110 scientific journals. We're engaged in the, in the peer review, peer, scientific peer review of journals. We sell about 9,000 books, and we are really focused on health science and medical science. But we're also focused on patient engagement and working with pharmaceutical companies to, um, to popular non-scientific non, um, uh, medical content. So I, I think... For us, customer centricity really starts with a messaging, with a story, with an alignment on the story behind everything. I think that drives everything else. And it's important, it was important for us to create a new story to um, really align the key stakeholders around that story. Um, and it's the most important thing was, what do we solve for the customer? The customer really has to understand that. And we've done a good job in the past. You know, we have we have a long tradition. We're a family-owned business by the Carger family that goes back to a few decades, um, and and even you know till the 1800s. And so we have a long history in medical publishing. Um, but it, you know, what has to be clear to the customers is what we have done in the past, 
and what we are doing going forward. How are we going to evolve? What are the services they can expect from us? And what's the evolution? And that's the part of the story that had to be really, really clarified. And um, that's one step we have taken to really clarify that and make that clear for the customer. The other thing that we're doing is we're really focused on voice of the customer. We have created an initiative um, around, you know, letting the customer tell the story for themselves because there's no more powerful tool in marketing than letting the customers speak and letting the customers tell the story. If you enable to, if you enable them to do that across channels, it's going to be, it's going to help everything you're doing. So, um, and we're, we're trying to do that. We're interviewing customers. We're doing, um, we're speaking with customers about their experiences and how we can improve them. We can, we do customer testimonials and testimonials and case studies. And that's, that's a, that's a big initiative that we kicked off because we didn't do much before. And, um, I think, you know, there are lots of other organizations, startups or established organizations that can do more in that respect. And if they really take it seriously, that aspect of, of customer communications, um, it's going to be really surprising what, you know, what they will find. And, um, this seems like a, like a really basic thing to do. Um, but it's one of the most impactful things, uh, there is in, in, um, in marketing. One other aspect I'd like to quickly mention, um, of course, it's important to also look at customer data. And we do that at Cargor by, you know, funneling data through scattered systems that we have across the organization, such as Manuscript Manager, which is an application where we track our author submissions um, and some other, you know, um, production facing data. And we're putting them into a data warehousing strategy to make them available available in Salesforce CRM. We use Salesforce CRM across the board. So Salesforce CRM is really the single source of, source of truth for us to, to make that data available so we can really make decisions based on customer behavior uh, in the future. And that's another important element of this. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you, you've talked about, you know, Having having the customer be like tell the story, having them be, be truly customer centric. You know the mar marketing leads with what the customer is right. is looking for. Now, and you mentioned you know you mentioned your, your CRM and those sorts of mm. things. What what when it comes to the implementation of something like this, uh, you know I know this, there's a story there, but when it comes to the implementation of this technically, is there is there are there things right now that keep you up at night? You know technically in terms of like setting these things up and workflows and custom objects and stuff like that. I mean, how do you, how do you handle all this? Uh, it, it's, there's a lot of things that keep me up at night, but um, fortunately not too, man, too many around data. It's, <laughs> it's really the fragmentation of data that is challenging. And I'm, I'm sure there's, I'm not the first one on your show or in any show to say that. Uh, first marketer, it's bringing data together. That's, that's really the challenging part. As I said, Salesforce CRM is the backbone, but we have a lot of scattered applications uh, across the board um, because we use different systems, especially as a publisher. We have different audiences. We have authors. We have institutions. We have librarians. We have industry customers. Some of these, um, you know, 
for our production, we use different systems. I already mentioned Manuscript Manager. So sometimes basic data availability is not as straightforward as you would think and as you would perhaps see in an enterprise or, an, or, or a SaaS startup operation that uses a much more harmonized um, um, a data approach. So the fragmentation of data keeps me up a little bit because in the end, it's, it's harder to put the data together and to, to put a, you know, to put a picture, to form a picture in terms of what the customer really wants and map out these customer touch points that I was talking about. That is also really, really important in that context. So we are taking steps to address that. As I said, we've created a data warehousing approach to bring that data together, but it's it's a tough process and it's not as straightforward sometimes as you would as you would like to think from an operational standpoint. At least from an from an operation standpoint, we do use um, we do use Pardo as part of Salesforce um, CRM. So that's pretty much streamlined and streamlined. We're bringing things together there to to be more impactful in our operations. And we've also included Google Data Studios uh, that brings in Google Analytics traffic um, sort of to make these informed decisions. But it really comes down to making data centrally or very available as the big challenge, which again, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone here. Other marketers are, are facing the exact same challenge and whether you use Salesforce CRM or HubSpot or something else, it doesn't matter. Bringing it all together in, in the central place where you can analyze the data is the challenge. So how do you, how do you get the data to be, from, when you say data fragmentation keeps you up at night, how do you get the data to be centered? How do you, how do you go about doing it? Well, as I said, we, um, we have a data warehouse concept. We're working together with our IT team where we actually take the data from existing systems that we use and make them aware in a, in a data warehouse so Salesforce can actually access these um, this data. In a first step, you know, we have about, we'll have about our, our really important author data in there. So it's almost half a million of, of data sets of, of, of authors and reviewers. And step by step, we'll be able to see trends and we'll be able to um, make decisions based on their behavior in terms of submissions, when and when they submitted. Uh, and when I say submission, I mean a submission for, for, uh, for a paper, for, for a research that's submitted for us for publishing, for the, for the peer review process, that's a revenue source for us. So essentially, that's what we're trying to do um, to make that data available in Salesforce so we actually can make informed decisions based on the actions that they have that they have taken. And again, a lot of this sounds like a really basic thing where a lot of marketers would say, well, that's obvious, but um, in practice, it's a hard thing to bring the data together. So yeah, obviously IT team can, can work mm. on that. There might be some programming involved. I mean, you know, and then this is all done in the name of, you know, RevOps, customer centricity, you know, those mm. sorts of things. You have more information, you can make more informed decisions. You can service people better. Right. But what I mean. So let, let's talk a bit about the about customer centricity and the future of it. Right. Obviously, you know, that that's been that's been you you can look at organizations for years have been you know solving for the customer or trying to. There are some, you know, 
some you know, business case studies that people talk about all the time right. that businesses that do this stuff. Do you see the future of customer centricity and RevOps changing at all uh, in, in any way? Or how do you feel like that's that's going to play out? Well, I think it's it's I think we're going to see much more focus on the customer uh, because I think it's a necessary thing to happen, right? If if um, there's also new technologies such as AI that enable us to be much more customer focused and centric in the future. I don't want to talk about Chad GBT and others because a lot of people talk about it and I don't want to contribute to that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be this, but you know, the use of AI technologies and better technologies uh, in, in terms of CRM, in terms of marketing automation really enables people and enables operations and companies to put customers front and center. It's really um, easy these days. When I see how difficult, despite the data fragmentation that I mentioned, how difficult it was five years ago or even 10 years ago to do these things, but now you have the technology that helps you enable it. Enable it. And I think we're going to see a lot more of this uh, customer centricity come out. But the other thing is a mindset. I'm going to go back to the mindset. And I think it's just, there is a, a large share of organizations out there that, that say of themselves that they're customer centric. But when it comes to, it's a matter of prioritization again, right? How you prioritize internally. And as an organization, if you really make the decision to put customers first, and in a lot of ways, a lot of organizations don't do that. I think the market going forward and the adoption of technology will sort of force an alignment on the customer um, because, you know, it's also the way today um, you, you, you orchestrate demand generation. It's about community building. Uh, it's not about demand capture anymore. Uh, there's, an, there's an informed audience out there, as, at least for, from a B2B perspective. They make their own buying decisions. They're well-informed. So the best you can do is adopt a customer-centric approach and serve customers well, and serve prospects who have buying intent very well. And if you do that well, or above average, as I said before, a lot of other things will fall into place. So I think we're going to see a move to, to more customer centricity, partly driven by markets and partly driven by technology. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to another episode of RevOps 500. This podcast is a great opportunity and channel for revenue operations and much more. If you've been thinking about a podcast or you want to ship production to a friendly team, check out ringmaster.com. They're the team behind this podcast. RevOps 500 is sponsored by Computan. Computan serves as the back-end dev and technology team for shorthanded marketing agencies and departments. Shorthanded? Wait a minute. That sounds like me. Now, let's get back to it. The end. Uh, more and more people adapting a customer-centric view, not on paper, but in, in, in practice. In doing it, because on yeah, paper, actually. everyone does. Who, yeah. who, who will go out there yeah. and say they're not customer-centric? Of course, yeah. everybody will claim it, right? right? But the question is, how are they doing it? How are they, how are they, how are they prioritizing? From a technology perspective, and also from a mindset, and from an organizational perspective, I want to come back to the cross-functional aspect that I mentioned earlier, which is really, really important. Uh, bringing cross-functional teams together. Again, growth hacking is all about, you know, there are 
been books written about growth hacking. It's all about bringing cross-functional teams together and bringing expertise together, right? And that's, you know, a little bit of a RevOps philosophy here as well. And we try to do this by, uh, at, at Carger by actually putting circles to work. And that, these are cross-functional teams across production, customer support, regional offices, and product managing units. Um, and there's a specific circle, we call it circle, it's called the experience circle. And we um, really put customer experience front and center in this working group. And we define projects and we, we really ask the question, what does it mean, customer experience? And if you do these things, um, and if you not remain siloed, that's when you're going to see impact. So, I mean, yeah, more, more people adapting, uh, technology, technology being a big part of it. Mm. Now, obviously, you know, you, you've been, you've been in this, in this space for a very, very long time. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, this frontwards and backwards, you know, customer centricity when you see it, you know, RevOps when you see it, have you always been, have you always been this way? I mean, how, how did you, how'd you get your start? I mean, what, what brought you along this path? Well, you know, I wish I could I could answer that question with yes, but I would be lying <laughs> because um, it's it's uh, you know every everyone makes their own experiences, and I made experiences the hard way. I've been in organizations where, you know, even in small organizations where there've been silos, I've experienced what what that means, right? And I've experienced working in organizations that um, do not put customer centricity first and. You know, it's, it's, uh, I think it's, it's also the realization over the last couple, over the last decade, I would say, working as a marketing leader, that um, it's not just about, um, it's not just about growth um, on one end of the funnel. Uh, it's not just about lead generation. It's not just about lead capture in the old way. And it's not just about demand generation. It's about a sustainable growth of your organization. And that's, that's what I've learned, right? And, and what that really means is you have to look at it across the board. Sure, it's important to, uh, to, to, to collect new leads and build your funnel. For which organization is that not important? Of course it is. But you have to look at your customers as well. And a lot of organizations that I've worked for, a lot of customers that I've worked for, they're singly minded, focused on the, the the top of the funnel, the funnel of the new funnel, and they neglect their existing customer relations because they think it's in in some way, some somehow in an automated way, it's going to take care of itself. Yeah. But it's not. And those organizations, and what I've learned is. As a marketer, you really need to focus across the board. And if you really, if you have limited bandwidth, you're better off focusing 150% on your customers and making sure that they, that you meet and exceed their expectations. And then the funnel will fall into place because your customers will do the job of recommending your organization for you. Uh, and you shouldn't entirely rely on that, but I'm not saying you shouldn't plan for your funnel and you shouldn't you shouldn't do proper demand generation for your funnel, but do it across the board. Grow your organization across the board. 
uh, in a sustainable way. And that means, by definition, focusing on the customer and taking it seriously. And um, that's, a, that's a big lesson I've learned as a, as a growth marketer. So, and, and when you do that, things like messaging, product market fit become really, really important. More important than all the technology, the operations, um, the, the demand funnel and all of that. So, I mean, that is like, that's a, it's a, it's a very introspective way of, of looking at it. Obviously I mean, there's, you know, you, you've, you've, you've come a long way from, you know, to, to get to that point, you know, you, right. you can tell, I mean, did you have, did you have mentors and stuff like that who helped you, you know, along the way to get to, to, to get this school of thought, or is it more just kind of self-directed? How, how was it? How was the journey? Of course, you know, there's always mentors. I mean, in everybody's life, there are mentors. And um, well, I, by the way, I'm trying to do the same thing. I'm trying to give back and, and mentor other people because I think it's really critically important to do that um, and to give back. And yes, I had mentors and and um, they were, you know, one in particular, um, he was very instrumental in just showing how it's done, right? It's not necessarily... Um, telling me it's just it's just he was he was leading a sales and marketing organization in a way that it's just very apparent um that you know there was transparency and very little silos and communication and the right culture and if that falls into place you know magical things can happen i can tell you and the best teams in the world they're really really focused and customer centric and motivated they all have one thing in common. They have the right culture. And somebody at the top, uh, somebody in the leadership sets this culture. And that's, the, and that's, that's very underestimated by a lot of leaders out there um, who want to be successful. Um, and, and if you do that, and if you do that right, and I've learned that from these mentors, then, you know, the sky's the limit magical things really will happen and you have fun along the way something that you also should be doing life is short right yeah so so what, what, what so so what 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 do you do for fun like what what is what is your what is your uh what is your what is your guilty pleasure when you when you're when you, you gotta gotta fun along the way like you're saying what's what's your guilty pleasure i like to travel i like to read and, um you know i don't get to do much but you know, by, by being fun, I, by having fun, I also meant having fun in your work environment, right? And um, sure. not, just, not just separate the fun and the work. If you don't have fun doing your work, then you're doing something wrong. Uh, life is too short for this. And, and that's also, and that it circles back to culture there, right? If you, if you have, if somebody sets the right culture, then these things are just fun. You know, and there's a reason why 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 I came into marketing because it's fun to do certain things and I enjoy it. And um, if you if that's that's sort of an a culture that's enabled, then you know uh, you know a lot of things will be possible because your team will be motivated to do these types of things. And that's the the secret sauce. It sounds easy. It's not in 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 reality because. If it was, everybody would be doing it. Yeah, and, and it's, like, it's, almost, it's, almost, it's almost like what you talked about with with customer centricity and with Brad Bobson. They are they are 
they're, they're easy things to talk about in theory, very, very difficult to actually get done. Who's going to say, well, I'm not customer centric. I don't care about my customers or about revenue operations. Or Who's going to say it? No one's going to say that, right? But not actually doing your actions will, will define whether you actually will do it or not. So it's, it's interesting how, you know, you tied culture back to, you know, doing culture and doing, and doing work is, is, or, or knowing them and doing them are two very different things. It's interesting yeah. how you tied the two of them. Well, I think, you know, and maybe that's something to, something to say in general as well. There's lots of focus on tactics and lots of focus on operations and technology. And as important as all of these things are, again, the culture underlies everything and the leadership on the, you know, is, is, is everything. And based on that, you build a messaging that resonates with your customer's story. I mean, let's face it, if you don't really solve a problem for your customer and if you don't have a product market fit and, you know, that it's going to be hard for marketing and for sales to make an impact. That's, that, that's the way it is. And, uh, and you have to build that story. And it's one of the most important uh, foundational things marketing can do. And it's not about the KPIs. It's not about the stats. It's not about the operations or for and foremost. It's about that. And then those become important. I'm not saying they're not important. Of course they are, but at a later stage and not to, not to the degree that, that I think, um, a lot of people will put emphasis on it. Got it. But where, where can people get a hold of you? Where, where can, where can they learn more about you or connect with you on? Well, I think they should just check me out on LinkedIn. Um, I'm open to, to connections and, um, happy to sort of, to, to accept, you know, messages and requests there, if they're really, um, not sales focused <laughs> or not obviously sales focused, uh, but more, more focused on practice. I'm, I'm doing, sharing a lot more content, um, uh, going forward about the publishing world, about science, um, I'm excited about that. I have some plans, some content plans to talk about science also with cargo publishers. So there's, there's some stuff coming there and I'd like to just, um, just ask viewers to take a look at my LinkedIn profile and visit us at cargo publishers. We've just launched a new website. Yeah. And then the URL is cargopublishers.com. No, it's car, it's cargo.com. Cargo. Cargo.com. Got you. So that for everybody listening, it's K-A-R-G-E-R.com. And yeah, so look, uh, you know, Matia, it, it was, uh, it's, it's been amazing to talk to you. I mean, you know, you have a lot of, a wide depth of knowledge on, on how to do RevOps and customer centricity, make them the same and how to break down those silos like you were talking about. Uh, you talked a lot about the culture of, of marketing and making sure that is, that is part of it. Because if you don't have fun doing this, you know, you will never be able to really deliver for your customer. I mean, how you, your background is very, very unique in terms of how you work an educational company. It's not just for tech people, rev ops. So, you know, you kind of head on all those things. And I just cannot thank you enough for, you know, your, your time and, and, and jamming with me today on this stuff. So, Gila, it was a pleasure being with you. And thanks for inviting me. Yeah, anytime. And, you know, we'll have to do it again soon. Uh, if anybody was listening, uh, if you've learned something today or maybe laughed a little, uh, tell someone about the show. Um, and, yeah. Thanks again, Matthew, for coming on. Thank you. This has been another exciting episode of RevOps 500, and we'll see you guys all next time.
Take care. And that wraps up another episode of RevOps 500. Thanks for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at RevOps500.com. RevOps 500 is sponsored by CompuTech, providing technical and development expertise to growth-focused marketing teams.